Let's look, if you will, tonight in Psalms 31. Let me see if I can finish this series of messages tonight. In Psalms 31, let's start, if you will, in verse number 16. And let's read down to the end of the chapter. Psalms 31 and verse number 16, the Bible said, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Seems like we've got that reversed. Let them be silent in the grave. So if he said that at the end, what is he asking us to do? Lift up our voice. Amen. Uh, The grave has no voice. Can you say amen? Amen. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret, notice this, of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before thine enemies. Nevertheless, thou hast heard us the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. And plentiful rewardeth the proud doers. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Brother Richard Good, that's the blessing. Yes, Lord. Hear you, servant, Lord. God touch him. Grant it, Lord. Amen, amen. We see there in verse number 16, he said, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you a servant of the Most High God? Born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Notice what he said in the last of that verse. Save me. Why? For thy mercy's sake. If you remember Moses crying out to God that God was going to destroy all of them. Moses said, Lord, said, don't do that. Said the Egyptians, oh, thank you just brought them out here to kill them. And they'll brag about that. So he said, Lord, for your mercy's sake, spare them. You know the reason you're here tonight? God's mercy. Amen. If it wasn't for God's mercy, he'd have killed us a long time ago. We'd be in hell tonight. But because he had mercy on us, amen, he is willing to save us. 
Now, I'll tell you something. You wasn't worth saving. No, you wasn't. You still ain't, probably ain't worth saving. Right? Hey, my righteousness is as filthy rags as what the Word said. So if it's filthy rags, it ain't worth saving, is it? How many filthy rags do you save? Hello? He said, let me not be ashamed, O Lord. You know, it's sad today that most Christians are ashamed out in public to stand up for Christianity. They're ashamed. They're ashamed to stand up. Listen, we allowed the world to rob us of the rainbow flag. Yeah, we've allowed that. Where was the voices of the church saying, no, that's a symbol of God. That's a symbol of hope. That's not a symbol of gay pride. That is a sign from heaven that God was merciful unto you and I. But the gay pride movements took it, used it for their glory, and put a shame to it. Amen. I I believe tonight God is looking at America. Now listen to me. There's too many things going on in America for me not to believe this. I mean, the West Coast is burning down. And the East Coast is flooding. Come on with me. Set records today over the West Coast out there. 116 degrees. Listen, folks. Ain't that hell on earth? Just a glimpse of it. And we don't even acknowledge it. That the hand of God is moving and showing. He said, let me not be ashamed. Are you ashamed to talk about God outside the church? At Walmart on your job? Are you uh, ashamed to wear a Christian t-shirt? You'd rather wear a Corona? Hello? Camel? Whatever, ungodly, unholy. You can wear that and never have one thought about it, but you can't wear a gospel hat or a gospel t-shirt or something with a cross on it, something with John 3.16 on it. You're ashamed. When you see this old preacher out in highways and hedges, do you avoid me? (laughs) Then you're ashamed. He said, let me. Notice he made it personal. Let me not be ashamed. Amen. Oh, Lord, for I've called upon thee. Now, I want you to see something right there very important. This is not a lost man talking. He said, for I've called upon thee. What are you talking about? Being saved. He said, let me not be ashamed. Why? Because I am a Christian. That's why we shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be ashamed of our worship. You've been called a holy roller. You ain't shamed on you. You ought to been called holy roller at least once. Hello. <laughs> Isn't it sad that the world has got such a dim view of true worship in the house of God? Isn't it sad, Brother Hired, that Christians have such a dim view of worship in the house of God? This is a place of worship. You know that, right? I, I, think about it. Did you come into these walls, this sanctuary, with praise and thanksgiving? Did you really do that? 
Are you glad that God allowed us another time to gather this side of eternity? I've waited all day. Brother Terry called me earlier today and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm resting up for tonight. I ain't doing nothing. I want to be fit as a fiddle tonight in case God comes by. I have to run, make laps around this place. I don't want to be wore out when I go to church. I want to be wore out when I leave church. Amen. Why? Because I worshiped. I'm not ashamed. Are you with me? Say amen. He said, let the wicked be ashamed. Isn't it? Isn't it sad that the world is trying to force us to accept wickedness? And we ain't supposed to say nothing about it. Hello? Can't preach about it, can't talk about it, can't tell them what they are. Hello? But they can turn around and tell us. They can talk about us. They can talk about our religion, our salvation, our way of worship, our church, but we can't say nothing about them. They want us to be ashamed that that we stand upon this word of God, that we stand upon the precept of the Ten Commandments that God laid down for, thou shalt and thou shalt not. There's some things you ought to be doing, there's some things you oughtn't to be doing. But the wicked have got it to where, oh, it's shameful to be a Christian. I see it on Facebook just about every other day. Somebody writes on there, Oh, God ain't like that. May not in those words, but that's what it's saying. Uh, God won't hold them a judgment for those things. Yes, he is. You're going to be held in judgment, the Bible said, for every deed done in the body, whether good or evil. You're going to be judged that way. Now, you want uh, guidelines? Genesis to Revelation, King James Version. Not some of this watered down stuff they got anymore where the boundaries are five miles wide. Hello? Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Have you ever noticed lately in America that a thug, once he is dead, he is a martyr. Oh, he was such a good man. No, he wasn't. He was a thug. He was a thief. He was a dope addict. He was a whoremonger. Well, they shouldn't have killed him. Well, he shouldn't have had a gun shooting back at him. He should have stopped and throwed his hands up and surrendered. Let me, let me help you tonight. You shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back. I'm going to shoot back at you. Why? I have a right to defend myself. And the officer ought to have a little respect because he is a hand of the law. But they think if they can run and get away, and if they get killed, the world makes a martyr out of them. Oh, he was such a good man. Well, if he's such a good man, what was he doing in a honky-tonk? If he's such a good man, what's he doing to all them guns and all them drugs and all that money? What's he doing running from the law if he's a good man? They ought to be ashamed, but they ain't. No, no, no. The world's made a martyr out of it. They want church to be ashamed. They want church to be ashamed because we got standards, amen? Uh, you mean I can't join your church? 
Why would you join if you're not saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost? Why would you want to join the church if you're not living right and doing right? Hello, stay with me. Don't let me lose you. They want the church to be, uh, they wouldn't let them join. Well, there is standards. You either belong to God or you don't belong to God. And you're to be ashamed. Oh, I've had those arguments more in the last year or two than I've ever had in my entire life. You're judging me. Can I help you tonight? The Bible said, judge not lest you be judged. What measure you judge, ye shall also be judged. So if I'm measuring you with this yardstick, then turn around and measure me with it. Hello? And the way I look at you right now, your roots is rotten and your fruit's rotten. Hello? Don't come in high as a kite and tell me it's an herb. <laughs> Don't come in drunk, running the roads, living like hell, and say you're a Christian. The devil's throwed you a counterfeit. You ought to be ashamed. Listen, folks. I'm ashamed of a lot of things I've done since I've been saved. You know why I'm ashamed of it? Because it wasn't pleasing to God. Hello? Let the lying lips be put to silence. How many lies do we hear every single day from the media? I'm just going to narrow it down to the media. If it sounds good and they like it, they don't even check to see if it's the truth. They just run with it. And then once they run with it and destroy somebody's name or reputation, then they'll come back six months later with a little bitty one-line sentence somewhere in a story and say, oh, we were wrong. We were wrong. They never make headline with that, will they? They never make headline and say, oh, we was totally wrong on that. No, they're not going to do that. No, they'll put it in the back page, amen, in the middle of the night on television when nobody's watching. We were wrong. But can I tell you something tonight? There's to come in a day when God is going to put those lying lips silenced. And the truth will be known. You know, <laughs> Brother Harrod, myself, and these other preachers here in this church, we're old dinosaurs. We ain't kept up with the times. Amen. Why? Because we still stick with the same old book. Oh, you need to get you one of them new modern books. Listen, I don't like the new modern God that goes with that new modern book. Because that new modern God just lets anything and everything go. Heaven is a hard place to get into. My Savior died to give you the opportunity to get in there. Hello? Let me help you tonight. God stood back and allowed His Son to die to give you opportunity to open the door to get in. God had to stand back and turn His back on His own Son long enough for Him to take the sins of the world. And you want to say it's easy? No. No, let them lying lips be put to silence. Are you with me? I'm glad one day God's going to silence the enemy. Can, can I help you tonight? I've heard this 
ever since I've been saved. Oh, when I stand before God, I'll give him an account and I'll just tell him. No, you won't. No, you won't say one word to God. When you get in God's presence, guess what? You're going to be face down on the ground because his holiness is going to knock you down. Amen. <laughs> you better read your Bible. God's own man just seeing the hinder parts when he come off the mountain had the Shekinah glory of God shining all over him like high beam headlights and that was God's man. So you think as a sinner you're going to stand before God and make an excuse for what you have lived like? Oh, God will understand my parents didn't love me. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. Uh, we heard it already mentioned here tonight. Oh, the church hurt me years ago and I ain't going back. Can I say something tonight? Brother Larry said already tonight about the hypocrites. I ain't going to church down there with that bunch of hypocrites. Well, just die and go to hell with that bunch of hypocrites. Because without going to church, you're more than likely going to go to hell. Because the Bible said, forsake not the assembling of thyself together, much more as you see the day approaching. And if you don't see it approaching, friend, you're blind. He's coming. Those lips will be silent. <laughs> Which speak grievous things proudly. <laughs> Just this afternoon... A young man was asked a question, said, have you ever had a gay man proposition you? And this young man said, yes, I have. And I said to this young man, in my day, if a gay person had propositioned me, they wouldn't have had no teeth. We'd have knocked them out. You would have your generation, my generation. It, it was always there. They didn't boast about it. They didn't jerk her out of the closet and parade it around like it was number one. They're proud about it nowadays. They're, they're so proud of being in sin that they're getting the laws passed that the sinner is right and the righteous are wrong. Say amen right there. And that's a truth, isn't it? Oh, they do it so proudly and contemptuously Against the righteous. Oh, I'm one of the most hated preachers that ever preached. Because I don't believe in those things. I will not stand for those things. I will not lead a church to accept those things. Amen. No, I'm not. I'm not going to lead a church and have to stand for God and everybody's blood in that church dripping off my hand because I led them astray from the word of God. Well, just get you another book. It'll line up. Well, that don't make God line up. You can get all kinds of books, but God ain't changed his mind. He ain't changed his way. He has the final say so. <laughs> he said, oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Right there is the problem in a nutshell. 
The Bible said the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. They don't have any fear anymore. Because some feather-legged preacher said, Oh, you know it's okay. And they've accepted it. Then that same feather-legged preacher, that same feather-legged congregation, that same church denomination has put down on people that will preach sin, we'll send you to hell. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, guess what? God's going to judge you for it. And He has the final say. Not me. Not the free will Baptist. It's not charity mission. God's going to have the last say-so, friend. And He gave you the guidelines to go by. And if you're not going by them, guess what? The Bible said in hell you lift your eyes. Being in torment. Oh, you can't tell me that. I just did. In hell you lift your eyes being in torment. And let me say this tonight. There's a movement going through the land that you can get prayed out of hell. That's the biggest lie to ever come from hell. You make her to hell, friend, you're going to stay there. There ain't no coming out. If you're going to come out, you better come out from among them tonight. You better follow after him tonight. You better grab this book, hold it dear to your heart, read it, and follow it to the best of your ability. And let me say this tonight. The best of your ability, you're still going to sin and come short. That's the reason you have forgiveness and repentance. Amen. But there is a Well, I'm going to have to say it. He who willfully sins, there is no remission. That's the word of God. Look it up. It's in your King James Bible anyway. means if you keep willfully doing it and doing it and doing it. (laughs) I used to run around... Like was mentioned here already tonight, in that crowd of alcohol and drugs and gambling and all of those things. And one person that used to run around with us, one couple I should say, the lady would drink with us, go with us, whatever. Then run to church on Sunday morning and repent. God is my witness, I heard. I was lost. And I kept thinking, girl, I know better than that. You ain't going to get drunk every Saturday night. You ain't going to party every weekend and run to the church on Sunday morning, run to that altar and thank God it's going to forgive you because you did not repent because you didn't turn from it. Repentance means, Lord, I acknowledge I'm wrong and I'm turning from it. Now, Lord, forgive me for this week. Let me go again. You might as well be a Catholic. Hello? Now, think about it. Why did Jesus die? It wasn't so you could sin every week. (laughs) It's so you could get out of sin. Where the, the urge and the hunger would get you out of it. Because you had a hunger and a thirst, the Word of God says this, for righteousness. He said, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall, that's a positive statement, be filled. How hungry are you? Those lying lips, those proud liars, (laughs) 
boastful, headed, high-minded. No, 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 friend. They're not hungry for the truth. They're just wanting something to agree with them. Ooh, got cold in here, didn't it? Mmm. Well, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. I want to help somebody. I'm trying to hurry through this. Don't let me hold too late. I thought I'd get it all done tonight. I don't believe I am. How do I put this and not kill everybody? Read it again with me, will you? He said, Which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Everybody's hearing my voice in this building and by the airways tonight. Think about this. Y'all answer right here. Do you trust the Lord? Raise your hand. Okay. Trust is a two-way street. Listen to me now. I'm trying to explain this the best I know how. If I trust the Lord to save me and take me to heaven, can you say amen? If I trust him to do that, then I have to trust him also that if I'm a sinner, he's going to send me to hell. See, that's a trust. Uh, He said, I want to trust you, Lord. You've laid up a, a blessing, a treasure, a home, a place for those that trust you. Listen, friend, if you truly trusted God tonight, you'd get out of sin. Because you know what sin would lead to. Hell fire. But see, we want to say, oh, I trust the Lord and live like hell. Can I tell you something? Well, I trust the Lord will judge you. And hell, you'll lift your eyes. Why? Because you said you trusted in the Lord. But your lips must be lying. Because if I trust in the Lord, then I know His judgment is true. How can you argue with someone that knows every single thing about every single situation? I mean, He knows the facts. Because he said he knowed where your heart was and the intent of it. The intent of our heart sometimes <laughs> is not what our body's doing. <laughs> you know that old saying, got his arms around saying, I love you, and he's got a dagger. See, he's saying it with his lips, but his heart's far from loving him, right? And the Lord said, <laughs> you speak to me where you live, but your heart, your heart's far from me. You talk about church, and you talk about going to church, and you talk about being saved, but you ain't got your heart in it. Preacher, how can you say I don't have my heart in it? Well, you only come about three times a year. Amen. Right? You only show up about once every six weeks or eight weeks or two months or twice a year, whatever. If your heart, listen, (laughs) how many love their spouse? 
If your spouse only saw you three times a year and you were in the same county, in the same neighborhood, how long would you stay married? There goes my honey. Going to the lake. Oh, oh, there goes my baby. She's going to the mountain to look at the leaves. Well, the Lord said he married you. You're his bride. And I assure you, friend, if you don't show up more than two or three times a year, <laughs> no. I, I'm going to put it as simply as I know how. He has divorced you. Because I don't think you was ever married because you didn't ever have a hunger to be at the house of God, to hear the word of God, to hear the singing, the testimonies. The psalmist has said a lot in this chapter that the church needs. He said, lying lips. You know the biggest liar I know of? Me. I lie myself more than anybody else ever lied to me. You know, when you look in the mirror in the morning and say, Ooh, that looked good. Well, that started the day off with a lie. Right? When you look at yourself and say, Ain't nothing here to change. It's all good. How many ever made this statement? I'm all right. No, you're not. You wasn't all right. You wasn't all right then. You ain't all right now. Right? Am I telling the truth tonight? Am I getting down to where we live? Think about it. He said, if you fear me, I've got a place for you. But what kind of fear do we have? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> have you got a fear of God and what he can do and will do? Or do you just have a fear you might get caught? How many have ever had a fear you might get caught? We all have. Yeah, we all went sneaking around. Mom and Dad said don't do it, and we snuck around. We had a fear we might get caught, right? Teacher said don't do it, and you snuck around done it. You know, passing them little notes, things like that. We all had to experience that kind of fear. It wasn't, it wasn't a fear of really the repercussion of getting caught. It was just a fear of getting caught. So what kind of fear do we have tonight? We ought to have a godly fear. Right? We ought to have a godly fear because the God that I serve, not only can he destroy the body. Hello? And if he loved Joanne enough to shut her up till she sung a right song, what will he do to a sinner? What kind of fear do you have? Is it a godly fear? I'm afraid not to go to church. I'm afraid not to pay my tithes. I'm afraid not to pray. I'm afraid not to read the word of God. Why? Because I know he knows. Hello? You think you're going to stand before God one day and say, Lord, I'm scared to death today. You better believe you're going to be scared to death. Let me give you a little example in the Word of God. No boys going down the road to Damascus. Light come on, and he went blind. <laughs> and then he said, Lord, 
whole time God was trying to get his attention for that, and he wouldn't listen. And the blinder he got, the better he saw. You know who I'm talking about. So sometimes we have to get to the point where we can't see before we can really hear. You know, like when your light bill's due and you just can't see how you're going to pay it. You know, the rent's due and you just don't know how you're going to pay it. When we get in that position, listen to me carefully. Most people try to use God as a crutch. Can I help everybody here tonight? God may pay your light bill. Are you with me? Even though you don't deserve it. And God may give you groceries even though you don't deserve them. But what do you do after he has answered that that you didn't deserve? Most of us do absolutely nothing. We never go to the house of God, stand up and praise him for the impossible being possible. We never fear him enough. Hey, Listen, I'm afraid not to brag on him. Look at me, people. I should have been in dead in hell when I was 14 year old. I got the scars to prove it. Doctor's report said he ain't going to live. Just a few years back said he ain't going to live till he gets to Winston-Salem. I'm afraid not to brag on him. Praise him. That's a godly fear. I praise him just because he is God. Oh, by the way, if the only time you ever praise God is when you feel like it, you ain't really praising God. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what kind of fear Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had? Now, they had faith. I understand that. And they had a lot of faith. But the human flesh fears what it knows can destroy you. And fire can destroy you. But they made the statement that they feared God more than they feared the king. King, if he delivers us, he's God. If he don't deliver us, he's still God. Because they knew if they died that day in heaven, they'd be with God. But see, God had a plan to show that whole kingdom the power. Who's that fourth man? Like unto the Son of God, he said. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little too deep, maybe. Have you ever walked up to a casket and looked down in that casket and wondered? where they're spending eternity. Sure you have. Think about this. That king was so arrogant that he walked up there to look in to see three dead, burnt bodies. So he could turn around and boast, I am king. What I say goes. But he got surprised, didn't he? He got up there and got to look at him and said, Hey, hey, who's that fourth man down in there? So he had to brag on God even though he didn't believe in God. I wonder this. I wonder if his knees wasn't doing this. 
I guarantee you would. Look down in there, fixing to life, and all of a sudden, the fear of God comes on him. Hey, fear of God will make you shake all over. When you truly get the fear of God upon you, you'll cry, you'll weep, you'll beg, you'll plead. Your body will tremble. Every hair on your body will stand up. Don't you know that old king, when he walked up there in his arrogant, pompous way, he is just fixing to boast, look what I done. And he said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Hey, 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 they four guys down in there. What, what? They're walking around. Not just down in there, but they're walking around. The fear of God came upon him. <laughs> wait a minute. Didn't we heat that thing seven times hotter than it ought to be heated? And these guys still survived. Hold on just a minute. I heard you've seen it. I've seen it. Others have seen it. When the power of God is on somebody, you see people afraid to touch them. <laughs> little lady in front of the little church one day visitor from up north who'd been up here to Deer Park and come down for the service. John Letterman was having a fit in there that morning. Holy Ghost was moving. I said, ma'am, just go right on in. Make yourself at home. Uh-uh, I ain't going in there. Something's going on. Yeah, it is. That's what I want to get in there. And I thought, when the power of God was on those men, when they came out and their bodies didn't even have the smell of smoke, I wonder if that king wasn't doing this. <laughs> I believe this with all my heart. When the power of God is on a man preaching the word of God and you touch him, your life will flash before your eyes, whether you're right with God or not. Little Bartlett boy, standing in the choir up there at night, and I just touched him, and he squealed like a little pig. All he said was, Jesus, at the high, shrill voice. Why? power of God touched him. Wasn't Dennis, that was the power of God. Went through me, touched him, God was already dealing with him. Holy Ghost moved in, and that was an unusual service that night. I mean, the young folks was praising God, and the older folks was backed up against the wall wanting to know what was going on. When the power of God gets real in the house of God, and the power of God is allowed to move in the house of God the way it should, there'll be a fear. A Holy Ghost fear. <laughs> You've heard me tell it many times when I picked my feet up off the floor and put them up on the pew when I was a little feller when that man got to preaching. And he got to preaching about devil's footprints on Anderson Branch. And it got hot in there that morning. I mean the Holy Ghost, I was just a little bitty toehead. But I knew the power of God was in that place that morning. I knew the power of God was moving. I knew that there was a fear in there that morning that if you wasn't right, you better get right. Are you in me? Say amen. 
But the trouble with the fear nowadays is they don't fear God. Church folk don't fear God. Oh, God, let me finish this, please. They come into God's house anyway, anyhow, doing anything. They come in just like it's a picnic. They come in just like it's a honky-tonk. They come in, half of them won't even take their hat off anymore. They got good clothes, but they're wearing trash. If they go uptown to a dance, they put on their best, go to the house of God, they put on their junk. Hello, stay with me. They don't have any fear anymore. They don't have any fear when a man of God's preaching, God's power's moving. They don't even have enough fear to keep their seat. They'll jump up and run to the bathroom. Been 14 times already. They don't have no fear. I'm talking about the fear of God should come back to the house of God. Should be in God's people. Especially when the invitation is given. That's the most important time of the whole service. When that Holy Ghost is allowing you to invite them to come. That's when the true born-again Christian, I shouldn't have to say pray. I should see you praying. I shouldn't have to beg you to come and pray with folks in the altar. You should willingly get up and gather around them and pray over them and pray with them. And by the way, you ain't got to be nosy and ask them. Just let them talk to God. It's between them and God anyway. Hey, I ain't the Pope. I can't help them that way. I can't sprinkle a little holy water on them and say, Hey, your sins are forgiven. Be sure and leave your offering before you leave. Hello? Fear. They ain't got no fear anymore. Preachers don't have any fear anymore. How do you know that, preacher? My God, listen at what they're preaching. When you can preach it, live anyway and die and go to heaven, no, 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 friend. You ain't got no fear. They're going to wake up in hell one day and they're going to wonder why. I preached. I prophesied. I had a big congregation. We had a big offering. Am I right, Brother Hart? Say amen. They're going to wake up and wonder how they got to hell. First thing is they did not have no fear. Because if you truly got fear, you'll truly begin to trust him the way you should. And to trust the Lord is more than just words. It's a lifestyle. Anybody's ever been put to sleep and operated on, you had to have some trust. You drive across this bridge down here tonight going back home, you're going to have to have some trust. Just look it up on YouTube how many bridges fall in America every year. My youngest son came across that bridge in Washington up there. Uh, uh, What's the name of it? Fell up there northeast not too many years back. He had just been across that bridge the week before. Next week it fell in. Now think about that. He's grossing 80,000 pounds. Where would he have went? Right to the bottom of that river. Not counting the millions of pounds of steel and concrete he went down with it. 
So you have to have trust. Whether you realize it or not, you have trust and faith. You got faith in your car crank when you go out there tonight, don't you? Oh, by the way, my, mine may not. It's only empty. If you, if you see me, don't pass me. But where's our fear? I'm going to have to stop right there tonight. We need good, Holy Ghost, heaven sent, sin killing fear. We need to come into the house of God with praise and thanksgiving. We need to come in here expecting a miracle. Now let me tell you something else you ought to expect. You ought to expect God to use you. Brother Hired is one of the greatest examples I can give us tonight. Up in his 80s and he's here. He come with fear. Why? Because he's saved and he's able to come, so he come. It's the right thing to do. Uh, my grandson this evening said, you got to go to church? I said, no, I get to go to church. Yeah, I said that. Papa, you got to go to church tonight? Yeah, I, I get to go. I ain't got to go nowhere. I want to go to church. I want to love the Lord with all my heart, body, soul, and mind. Yeah, I sin and come short. I sure do. I'm not perfect. You aren't either. But the trouble of it is we got to the point where we don't fear our failures. So we're apt to repeat them. Let's all stand. Father, look upon the hearts that's here tonight and take my feeble effort here tonight to speak to them. God, this is such a precious chapter in our Bible, God, that teaches us a lot of things, Lord, that we need to hear. Father, we need to have not just righteousness as man has it, but a heaven-sent, Holy Ghost-filled righteousness of God. A fear, Lord, that, Father, at best we can do, the very best we can do, Father, still filthy rags. So, Father, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, we'd go to hell. But because the blood covers our sins and we accept it and live under it, try to do our best through it. You take my effort here tonight to preach these words to these people that's heard it. And God help them, each and every one, to live by it. To have a good, godly fear of the Lord as we come to the house of God. So, Father, your blessings I've asked upon my people here tonight. God, sis, is going to have surgery tomorrow God you be with her be with the doctors guide them Lord help them that God that she might find relief and you will give healing Father others that we pray for here tonight God as we lift them up to you and you've heard her cry out their names Father whether it's sickness in their body Lord or sin sickness Annette there God may have a, be having a heart attack Help her to get to the doctor and the doctor to find out. But most of all, Lord, let her see the need to call out to a holy God. God, that it be so, Father, for your glory. Bless us, Lord, as only you can. Lead us, guide us, and direct us for thy glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.